Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. And I want to talk about the 23rd of February in Russia, which is officially a national holiday and is called the Defender of the Fatherland Day. See, many people believe that Russia is so fond of holidays that there are even national holidays created especially for men, February 23rd, and women, 8th of March. Indeed, on February 23rd, men of all professions and ages, including the youngest ones, are being celebrated and congratulated. But that's all a lie. So, what's the background of this? Because there is the thing that really hurts the situation. During its existence, the holiday of February 23rd has changed names many times, starting with Red Army Day until its current moniker of Defender of the Fatherland Day. However, despite the fact that these strong-sounding names, the history of this holiday is not as glorious as it may seem at first glance. It is believed that this day was originally devoted to the decree of the establishment of the Red Army in 1918, when the government of the new Soviet state had just been only formed and the country experienced attacks from German and Austro-Hungarian troops. Despite the loud and encouraging slogans, the army was not formed in the end, as many of the volunteers deserted while the troops continued to move forward. As a result, in the same year the German ultimatum was adopted, and the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk was subsequently signed on German terms. The date of the holiday, according to modern historians, was fixed entirely by accident. Initially, the date of the celebration was supposed to be the February 17th, because the government thought to combine it with the Day of the Red Gift, which was planned as a charity event when the population collected gifts for the Red Army. Then, due to the fact that in 1919 this day fell on a Monday, the celebration was postponed to the following Sunday, falling on the date of February 23rd. In the following years, this holiday was temporarily forgotten until... 1923, when the 5th anniversary of the Red Army was announced and celebrated by the whole Union. 
With the passage of time, information about the German ultimatum was gradually forgotten and replaced by the theory that on February 23rd, 1918, the Red Army won a decisive victory near Narva and Pskov, which is not a proven fact to this day. In fact, the generals who fought on Narva and Pskov at that day were later caught escaping as far as they could on the train to Volgograd, which is Stalingrad, which is in the far south, days after that, and it signified that they actually had suffered a major defeat. However, there is an option, opinion that due to the annual celebration of the Red Army Day, Soviet people's attitude to the defense of their country in World War II changed drastically, as many people were willing to give their lives for the protection of the fatherland. And many were also willing to, well, defect. In 1946, the holiday was renamed as the Soviet Army and Navy Day and became especially favored. On this day, all the soldiers who participated in World War II, and at the very beginning they formed a sufficient part of the population, were honored by others. And seeing as the Soviet Union and modern-day Russia continues to condone conscription, this is the day where all the conscripts kind of uh, kind of get justified for being such, and when people celebrate their so-called sacrifice, because in the end, the original reason of why February twenty-third, it's just a bizarre coincidence, really, and. It's a day of defeat, not of victory, but, uh, you know, it's only available to you if you read the Soviet archives. Over the course of time, the tradition gradually developed into the congratulations to all men, well, due to, well, increasingly common military duty and conscription in the country. It's always weird, because it's the men's day, it's pushed at that, and for now, it is illegal in uh, Ukraine, for example. But you still have to remember that a lot of people who fought in the war and suffered there, there were women too. And pushing that as an alternative to Father's Day in other countries, yeah, that's a thing too. And then in Latvia, I'm, I'm sure Anat and her podcast will tell you more because now we have a Father's Day as well. But it used to be for a long time uh, kind of um, an alternative to the 8th of March, International Women's Day, because it kind of became this men's day due to the fact that every Soviet man had to be conscripted in the Soviet army. Well, a lot of them ended up there, and a lot of them ended up dying. But the thing is that right now, as it is, it's the Defender of the Fatherland Day. And those defenders can also be women, so it's weird because the Russian... Federation today does not really celebrate anything even close to the Father's Day, although they stand premier as the prime defenders of the traditional family values. Which is a bit weird, though, if you think about it. However, although this day has gone into history as this day for the people who served in the military of the Soviet Union and now the Russian Federation... There is another, quite darker story behind it, which I'd like to cover, though. Because, well, although my own people have gone through this, 
This one's about the Chechens and the Ingushetia and the people and their stories in the Caucasus, if we are to be completely honest. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in into another episode of The Eastern Border. We are so happy to announce that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Rusansov.com. If you're looking to buy new art, don't forget to use the code EASTERNBORDER for a discount on us. Remember, head over to russensoft.com and happy shopping! If, however, you want to support our show directly, head over to patreon.com or our website theeasternborder.lv to find out how you can help out. For all things Eastern Border, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Discord. And as always, thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate each and every one of you. That's all from me now. See you online. This podcast brought to you by RussianVoiceOvers.eu. Enjoy! Now we get to speak. I'll quote an article from jamestown.org called Chechen's Holocaust by Meyerberg Vachagev. It's even hard for me to pronounce all these Chechen names. And I'll use other articles as well. But February 23rd, right? Defender of the Fatherland Day. See... Even though many decades have passed, the Second World War is still an answered question for the Chechen people, and this historical burden inevitably impacts the continuing development of Chechen society today. Although the current Russian government is eager to emphasize recent peaceful developments, the image of Chechen as the enemy, originally created by the communists, is alive and well. Within the country today... Historians, politicians, and journalists have created thousands of works that are filled with deliberate lies that portray the Chechens as people and the entirety of Chechen history in a truly terrible light. February 23rd is one of the most tragic dates in the history of the Chechens and the English. Until the Russo-Chechen War of 1994, the Chechens were a small ethnic group relatively unknown to the rest of the world living in the northern foothills of the Caucasus. One of the most remote corners of Europe. On February 23rd, 1944, the Chechens were exiled from their ancestral lands and deported to Siberia and northern regions of Kazakhstan. Just like we were back then in Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, the Baltics, just like from everywhere else where the Soviets entered. They wanted to depopulate the country to send them in their own vast, unexplored, and truly hostile lands, and to repopulate it with colonizers, because Soviet Union's and now modern Russia's policy has always been one of a colonial empire, except, you know, it doesn't have colonies overseas, it just has colonies on the outskirts of the center. The entirety of the Chechen nation was accused of collaborating with the fascists, even though unknown to Russians and Europeans alike, the Chechens only knew about the fascists from the movie screen and the wartime news reports. The front line of the German advance stopped in Mozdok in northern Ossetia, never reaching Chechnya. Therefore, the Chechens not only were unable to collaborate with the Germans, but also never truly saw any of them. 
we saw them. We saw them here in Latvia and Lithuania and Estonia and the Baltics, and that's another story. And we were conscripted to fight for them as well. And some volunteered because, well, the Soviets managed to do the same as they did the Chechens even before the Nazis did their own atrocities. You know, when someone tries to completely eradicate you as a nation, you tend to side with its enemies. Same with the Finns in the Finnish war. The Chechens, however, were even more innocent in this case. The Chechens were deported en masse, only excluding a few hundred men who managed to escape the mountains in the last moment, and who over the years tried to extract vengeance for the deaths of their people through constant attacks on local Soviet institutions. This Chechen deportation, the most massive of, of all Soviet deportations, took place over the course of only a few days. However, in that period during the middle of war, almost 400,000 men, women and children were loaded into cattle cars and shipped to various locations, thousands of kilometers away. Now, the claim that this was the most massive of all Soviet deportations is a bit exaggerated, because in the Baltics it was even more violent and it happened twice. However, the Chechens were even less guilty than we were. The victims were only allowed to take three days' worth of rations and spent a horrifying two or three weeks on the road. And when I'm speaking about the Chechen deportations, remember that we went through the same thing. Thousands died every day and the bodies were simply tossed out of the cars on every railroad station. Death quickly claimed the weakest and the elderly and the children. According to the official Soviet figures, roughly a third of the whole Chechen nation perished during the 13 years of exile, though independent researchers have suggested that essentially every second Chechen died during the Soviet government's terrible crime against part of its own populace. Same here in the Baltics. Different years, same results, same meanings. Many Chechens had in fact fought on the front lines of the Soviet war against the German aggressor. Thousands of Chechens died on the field of battle, with many becoming war heroes. The long list of Chechen war heroes include the first men to reach the fortifications of Brest, where over 200 Chechens fought for their country. To name a few Chechens of note, Khapasha Nurdarirov died in Stalingrad, having killed over 900 Germans. Movlad Bisatov was the first to meet the Americans on the Alb. Hakim Ismailov was one of the men who raised the Soviet flag over the Reichstag, and Alavdi Ushahanov fought with the French resistance. Yet all of these men died in obscurity, deliberately hidden, or sometimes killed so that their very existence could not be used as an accusation against the Soviet regime in the later years. Fifty years later, on February 24, 2004, the European Parliament suggested that the deportation of the whole of the Chechen nation into Central Asia on February 23, 1944, as ordered by Joseph Stalin, was an act of genocide. Today's Chechens cannot help but compare themselves to their countrymen that lived during the deportation. Even today, Russia, having unleashed its latest war, has caused every tenth Chechen to be killed, every third to flee the territory of the Republic, and another ten percent to seek refugee status in Europe, trying to escape the regime that hunts them today, just as they had in the past. In the Chechen Republic, over ten thousand are wounded, several thousand are invalid children, many lacking limbs, and nearly twenty percent of the population is suffering from illness and requires medical aid. This was written during the times of the Second Chechen War, 
edited it off with Ramzan Kadyrov, an upstart, a murderer, a total tyrant, worse than Putin taking power, and being a completely subservient dog to the Russian oppression. Remember that. They never come with nice words to you. They come with oppression and danger. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And this is the worst part of all of this. This is the dumbest thing ever because Due to the fact that now Chechnya is run by Ramzan Kadyrov, well, what can you do? Nothing much. And as soon as some reforms happen in Russia, for liberalism or otherwise, or when Putin loses strength, the Chechens are going to go away. Instantly. In 1944, the Chechens stood accused of cooperating with the fascists, but in this war, their fault lies in being in league with the forces of international terrorism. I'm talking about the Second Chechen War there. Grozny, a city of 400,000, was wiped off the map while the leaders of those countries supposedly championing human rights stood by and applauded. People were killed everywhere and in all possible ways, while all of European society watched in confusion as the might of the Russian rulers was directed against women, children and the aged, all of whom were deemed terrorists. It is alarming that the people from the generation that survived the deportation say that living in Chechnya today is more frightening than the terrible years of 1944 to 1956. Again, quoting from the article during the Second Chechen War in the late 90s, after 1999, when Putin was first elected, after the so-called Ryazan bombings caused by him, personally. And this is just crazy. So celebrating the 23rd might not be a good thing. Continuing from the article. Today in pseudo-democratic Russia, in accordance with the wishes of the Kremlin, Potemkin villages are being built. What can a couple of dozen new houses and several hundred kilometers of newly paved roads do to change anything in Warsaw and Chechnya? What can it do to change the oppression led by the Kremlin? The applied lessons from the Soviet school of forcefully creating love that respected leaders, widespread threats and endless pressure cannot solve the problems of Chechen society. These problems are ignored and sacrificed to the ambitions of certain leaders, leaving them to burst forth in the form of mass disturbances at the smallest opportunity. And now, now I'm going to talk about um, something that really made sense at the time, but now is cemented as you know that 
Ramzan Kadyrov runs the country with an iron fist. He has his own private army and the Russian government is funding it. These next two paragraphs will just make sure that sometimes we need to learn from history. Quote, Russia cannot afford to make the choice in favor of Ramzan Kadyrov, even though he has achieved that which President Putin has called amazing accomplishments of the Chechen government. The game between Alu al-Hadov and Ramzan Kadyrov is just a delaying tactic by the Kremlin. Eventually, one of the men will be removed and the survivor will eventually be replaced by someone even more obedient. It is only the problem of finding a good candidate that keeps the Moscow involved in this game, since the Kremlin's eventual goal is to find a loyal functionary, not a military commander. Ramzan Kadyrov was born during a military era, guaranteeing that he will not last long as a civil leader. But he has. And he does. And he's still there. The writers of this article hoped for the best. But this is Russia. Never hope for the best. It will probably take another 50 years for the international community to call things by their real names and agree that Russia has committed war crimes against the Chechen people. A people that suffered two military campaigns that left 100,000 dead and several hundred thousand crippled and traumatized. With Europe concerned over the fate of Kosovo, it seems necessary to remind the Europeans that Chechens are also residents of the European continent, who have fled their war-torn home to come to Europe instead of heading east, and who made a conscious choice to embrace European values. To push them away today and to reject them as non-Europeans would be a crime that would need to be explained by European leaders. Again, written at the time of the Second Chechen War. However, very important to know, Trumps and Kadyrov indeed stood in power. And that this defender of the fatherland thing, it's all a lie. Bullshit. Potomkin's village. Nonsense. I salute the Chechen people, the honest ones. The ones who haven't fallen for Trumps and Kadyrov's lies and his lackeys in support of Putin. May God save their souls, and may Allah be with them, for they are Muslim, and I respect their faith. Now you know. Thank you for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv, and we'll rummage even to the western border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The Dark Myths Void. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh. 
The joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.